Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 295 entitled Website Documentation and Support. It was published on Thursday the 15th of September 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley and just before I'm joined by my good friend David Wormsley, a few bits of short housekeeping. If you like WP Builds, we really would appreciate you sharing it. Share it in whichever way you feel. Our Twitter handle is at WP Builds. It's also very nice if we get people logging into their podcast player of choice and reviewing us over there. Apple Podcasts seems to do the trick very nicely. Give us a review. We'd really appreciate that. But also just head over to the website and find our subscribe page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over there, you'll be able to find all of the different ways, different channels that we've got for communicating. You'll be able to sign up to our email list to be notified when we create new content. We also have our fantastic deals page, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. I keep saying it's a bit like Black Friday, but every single day of the week, 365 days of the year, there's tons of coupon codes for plugins, themes, blocks, all sorts of WordPress stuff. wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. Go there, search and filter to your heart's content. And finally, we're trying out an experiment for those people who are a bit fed up with social media. You're a bit fed up of Twitter. You're a bit fed up of Facebook. We've installed a free open source piece of software called Mastodon. It mimics Twitter broadly, and it's at wpbuilds.social. Yes, that's a URL, wpbuilds.social. Head over there and join in the, well, to be honest, very quiet, quiet, really quiet feed of information. Maybe that's just the kind of thing that you need. Once more, wpbuilds.social. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by visiting go.me forward slash WPBuilds. I'll say that once more, go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we sincerely thank GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, on the podcast today, it's me and David Wormsley having a chat. We're in episode number two, series four of our WordPress Business Bootcamp series. And in this scenario, we're imagining that we've built the site and we're now handing it over to the client. And we're asking ourselves the question, what amount of website documentation and or support do we need to provide? Now, you've probably got your own way of doing it. Maybe you provide care plans. Maybe you provide paper-based documentation or perhaps videos or perhaps you go into people's offices and do it that way. Well, there's all sorts of different ways. And David and I discussed that at length today. I say at length, this is probably the shortest episode we've ever done. Enjoy. 
Welcome to another in the Business Bootcamp series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. We're on season four, which is a short season, looking at training clients. And today we're talking about website documentation and support, which is, we're really eking this one out, aren't we, Nathan? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to be probably one of the shortest episodes we've ever done. We, we normally kind of aim, there's this target of about 30 minutes or something, and I think this one's going to be significantly shorter. So there you go, you get some of your day back, David. Yeah, well, let's skip over the bit because we'll start actually talking about this, just contrasting our different approaches, yeah. I think, when it comes to this. So we don't need to recap on what we're doing. We'll talk about agile and uh, traditional, and you're representing the traditional model and I'm representing Agile, this yes. kind of yeah. approach to project management. There so, you go, yeah. Um, yeah, so as I see it, correct me if I'm wrong, the traditional has an end product. So many are using the analogy of a car often to justify a care plan. But essentially, we are handing over the keys to the owner. So the question for the traditional people is is it up to you then to provide the manual that goes with this do you know what it's interesting because if the if the analogy of the car follows through then absolutely yes because mm. you kind of have this expectation that a product comes with a manual that's just the way it is you know you take anything out of a box and mm. it totally comes with a manual however i feel like the the setup that i got was so much more cottage industry than that that it's mm. It really didn't come with a manual. I tried various different things, which felt like a manual. I mean, manual is probably the wrong word. We could maybe use terms like knowledge base and things like that. Yeah. But it really never got looked at, which is which is curious. But then I thought to myself, when was the last time I opened a box for a new product? And it was quite recently. And then I thought, well, did I look at the manual? And the answer in more or less every case that I can think of is no. Um, yeah. So I'm not convinced that we need to do this. Whether or not you wish to do it is a different question. But yeah, I don't know if it's a requirement. What made you set one up in the first place? Oh, honestly, it was because of just the idea that I ought to set one up. I thought yeah. to myself, it's a product. I'm selling a product. There's an end date. And, and I just, I don't know, probably on the grapevine somewhere heard that other people were doing it. So I began to create a, a knowledge base where I would demonstrate how the, you know, the WordPress admin worked and typical things like that. But then I yeah. was, it was very clear to me that nobody, and I literally mean nobody, was looking at it. So just to be clear, I wasn't creating and printing off a paper bound yeah. version of a manual. This was a, you know, it was a knowledge base online. I can't remember what software I used, to be honest. And now it, it wasn't WordPress. I was using something else. And, um, and I could see in the analytics that not a single person had opened it, which tells us something, or at least tells us something about the clients that I was using, yeah. that, you know, was working with. Yeah. I mean, I, I've tried all sorts of forms of documentation and I don't think anybody's ever been interested. But I've shifted to this agile and evolutionary approach where we're just saying, well, the web is dynamic, human behavior changes, SEO changes, everything, technology changes. So what's the point in trying to create an end product? We just keep constantly adapting to it so we get something out that's a minimal viable product and agile in its um, i mean it's has a manifesto that goes with it some core values and the second value of agile is working software over comprehensive documentation 
And Interesting. Yeah, and I think it's where, to some degree, whether you decide that you want to manage your projects agile-wise, I think you end up coming to the conclusion that is kind of right. Because, I mean, obviously that came out of the developer side of things where a lot of the things that they were you know, making were custom and complex and they needed document, uh, documenting all of the time. But, you know, what they realized that there was just too much time doing that and it was just out of date so quickly that it was a pointless task. So the, the concentration then is to just keep focusing on the software itself <laughs> rather than documentation for it. This is a really interesting point, isn't it? Because, you know, all of the stuff that I'm getting out of my boxes where I'm saying I'm ignoring the manual, you know, that that, that object yeah. is not going to change. It's, you know, let's say it's a, a TV or a microphone or a computer monitor or whatever yeah. it might be. That object is the same tomorrow as it was yesterday. And so the manual kind of does serve a purpose. But also, I don't really have any relationship with the, the company that makes it. Perhaps I do if I need to, you know, explore the warranty if something goes wrong. Yeah. But um, I don't really have any relationship. Whereas building a website is totally different. There's always going to have been some kind of relationship because you've obviously, it doesn't matter whether you've done it with Agile or you've done it with the waterfall, the traditional way. At some yeah. point, people have communicated and you've established that, okay, this is the person at the company, I'm the web developer, and we're going to work through this process. So it's it's not the same at all. And yeah. and the fact, as you said, that um, things are constantly in flux. Like Honestly, think about just WordPress itself. One year to the next, broadly mm. speaking, it's similar, but it doesn't stand still. The, the features mm. and the functions and the way it works and the different assortment of plugins and the way they'll be updated – it really isn't the same. So I kind of feel in a way the mm. the documentation process, the creation of it is going to be a noose around your neck because you're going to have to keep amending that, or at least you are if you want it to be up to date. You're going to have to keep amending that as and when things are changed. You know, And if a client comes back to you and says, actually, we want, a I don't know, a, a booking system to be embedded in there now and you find a plugin, are you expected to make documentation about that now for that one client? How does it all fit together? So... Yeah, I'm not sure it's the best use of anybody's time. Yeah, and I think I think even WordPress describes its whole development as agile itself. You know, I think it used that terminology. So uh, I think if you want to go the traditional waterfall, what you're selling is the end product, which is the mostly the whether it's working at that time, but mostly the deliverable design that you're given which is where we started off in the earlier web but it just gets more complex when you move into um, content management systems which are ever changing and are just by nature agile we can't really document that we could only and there's not much to document when it comes to our design i mean i guess we could do we could say there's your brand colors and there's your typography yeah yeah, yeah. Well, what's interesting as well is that you know for for the example of the tv there's a real finite amount of options there. You know, I can't, it, obviously it's going to tell me how to plug it in and it's going to tell me how to fire it up and how I can adjust the contrast and the brightness. But really, there's a very small amount of things that can be done. Whereas you kind of feel that in WordPress, with a typical arrangement of, let's say, three or four plugins on top, that there's probably literally hundreds of different things that could be done. You know, fields that could be filled out, settings yeah. that could be amended. And so the the weight of things that you could get bogged down in, you know, do, do I need to explain what every field does? Do I need <laughs> yeah. to explain what every option is for? 
And I think probably yeah. on balance, the answer is, like I said, that's just a just a bit too much of a waste of time. Have you um, played around with other things? I mean, you tried to do a, a knowledge base, but there's there's always tools, aren't there, out there all the time? And I know you've played with some of the same ones I have. So you, you reminded me of the name of one of them that came out. It was an AppSumo deal. Fleek, was it called? Yeah, so this was a tool which purported to make videos and yeah. the idea would be that as, as you as you progressed during the course of making the video you could kind of click um and and it would add little you know numbers onto the onto the video so that you could see exactly what the steps were i, I played with all these kind of things and in the end i just thought it wasn't really worth worthwhile uh, just sort of drop that kind of thing fairly quickly but then you you introduced me to one just now which yeah. you're well i don't know if you're happy with it it's called tango is that right yeah it's a chrome extension and it's uh, i actually i've just sent you a link i don't know if you've seen it in your messenger um which is an example of me using it but it, it's it's a fabulous chrome extension it's a free service although there's a premium add-on of course but what it does is once you've installed that you can go through things as you might do on video on your screen and go and click on certain buttons and it does all the work for you so it kind of zooms into where the button is and says click here for you and it's like instant documentation you might have to fill in some extra details but it kind of is sensible to say to put into words and zoom in into the right place what you're doing so and it stores it on their servers or you can download it. Oh, and put it I, on your yeah, own post. I've just clicked on that link and I see what the promise is now because I, I wasn't, I mean, I got it, but yeah. I, I, I think this is quite a nice implementation. So l let's say, for example, that we do decide that we want to make some documentation. This really does look like a, a pretty swift way of doing it because rather than having to screenshot things and then open up some kind of image editing software to add arrows and add, yeah. um, you know, add things like boxes around the, the bit of the UI that you want to draw attention to. This just does all of that. So it's it's numbered things, you know, so it's obvious you've got step one, two, three, four, right through to six in the case that you've shared with me. But yeah. then it's added little circles around the bit that you intended for people to look at. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I yeah, it's probably still won't use won't use it, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, I do think this is the, the best implementation that I've seen of such a thing. It's certainly, and I, I mean, it's it's not documentation really what we're talking about today, but it is useful, I think, if you are building and you needed to explain. But if even if they do, and um, we'll move on to that support, if somebody comes to you, how do I do this? They want to write a blog post, which is what I'm showing in that example I gave you. It just tells them, you know, go and log in here, click on this, go to this place, <laughs> yeah, uh, save save here, and it's it's quite nice, you know. Um, that is the best thing. Did we mention in the last? chat we had um video user manuals no i don't think we did i think we skirted around that but well, maybe we did i can't remember but video user manuals uh i don't even know if that still exists do you know <laughs> yeah it does actually it's not owned it's not, it used to be a troy dean thing and uh, i know it's been uh, sold since then so it's still around it's still updating and there is another i think there's i forgot what it's called 101 basics, oh yeah wp 101 that's right yeah yeah and so this is a pre-made suite of videos just to orientate mm. somebody around WordPress. I think that's quite useful, but in your case and my case, it's not going to cover all the bases, is it? It's just going to cover the WordPress bases because, yeah. well, I, I don't know. I, I could be really under 
promoting what both of those products actually have <laughs> yeah. in their video range. But I'm guessing that they don't have all of the different scenarios. You know, do, do they have the the, the generate blocks um, options covered, and are they updating it every you know six weeks and so on, or do they cover Elementor or Beaver Builder or Oxygen or whatever it is? And if not, and you're using those tools, uh, in a sense, you're providing a bunch of videos which people can watch and setting that expectation. But maybe the tools that they actually need to interact with are not in that video suite. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think it really shows you how WordPress has changed in that time because I, with video user manuals, they did because Beaver Builder was very popular with the type of person who might have a client at that time. And they did a whole course with it and they updated it again later. I mean, it's been stuck now there for ages. But of course, since we've seen other page builders grow big, particularly Elementor. And, you know, obviously they've worked out that this is unsustainable to to have you know, a whole course within that what you're providing there for all these different page builders, which are constantly changing all the time. So yeah. I think they've stuck with what they do, the core WordPress stuff. And I, I mean, I thought it was a really useful thing to be able to say, look, you, you've got this. This is because we're selling you WordPress. Here you are. Here's a training course on WordPress. There's your sort of manual, but I must admit, I don't think there is a single client of mine that's used it. Yep. So here's another thing as well. Think about it this way. If you, if the intention of documentation is is to not have the client beating on your door, asking for trivial things that really they ought yeah. to be able to do themselves. Okay, that's one thing. And I can get that. And, and it, obviously, if you are being pestered by clients who are asking you those trivial questions, and you are finding yourself consumed by that and wasting tons of time. Yeah, maybe maybe there's some scope for that there. I never really found that with my clients. They just didn't present me with that problem. I didn't feel I was being pestered. And generally speaking, when they got in touch with me, because they couldn't do something, usually it was because they'd forgotten how to do something, yeah. actually. You know, they'd misremembered how to log into the site or where the options were to, I don't know, amend a portion of a page or something like that. Um, I always saw that as a nice opportunity to be in touch with them. Because yeah. for me, it it when we spoke last time, I like to create little short minute, one minute videos, you know, really short, to the point, answer the question, send it off in an email with a link, and you're done. For me, that was a nice confirmation that, that I was still part of their their setup, if you know what I mean. It was nice to have that point of contact because it didn't take me long. I could consign that task to the beginning of the morning or the end of the day or whatever it might be. Just quickly get it fired off, give them the answer, and you've kind of become the, the go-to person again. And so those little connections periodically, I think, are really valuable in keeping your your position as, as the web guy for them. Yeah. I think that's a real key point. I think probably what we've learned from maybe when we started to now is that the documentation is kind of the nature of the web doesn't really mean that we can do that. And we're probably best then focusing on the ongoing relationship, which leads us to the other bit of this chat, which is the support side. What what do we offer? Let's shall we make an assumption here that this is somebody who's not on a care plan and um, didn't want one. So yeah. okay. how far do we extend our support when it comes to the the thing that we've sold them? Shall I just say what I did mm. um, do and, yeah. and then you could drop in? And I don't know. I have no idea if this is the best way. There's probably a more intelligent way of doing it. But essentially, I would obviously with the waterfall, the traditional approach, I've got a moment in time when it really is finished and the bill has been paid. And, and at that point, you are kind of severing 
any future work you know you've got to kind of you've got to kind of justify yourself again after that and new proposals mm. and so on but i always offered a, a round of amendments prior to saying it's finished so there was that bit that mm. that offered a, a level of support and i would typically say two rounds of amendments but maybe sometimes three and once those round of amendments had gone through and everybody was happy that would close that down and we'd say it was finished it's it, the, you know the, the website is live and then I would usually give 30 or 60 days, something like that, where they could basically come and I would I would attempt to fix anything which went wrong because I recognized that it was entirely possible in those first 60 days that they would blunder and make errors. And usually that never got made use of. The client never used that 60-day period. It wasn't like a cooling off period. It literally is, if we screw anything up, give it back to Nathan. Nathan will fix it and that's fine. But then once that 60, 30 days period was over, that really was it. If you needed anything yeah. doing from that point, it was either a new a new contract, new proposal, or it was an hourly thing. You know, it, it you know, it makes no sense for a one hour job to be to have a proposal attached to it. So I just say, look, it'll be an hour. Here's my rate. Shall I go for it? Okay, I'll put it in the roster. So that's what I did. Yeah. What about you? No, it's pretty straightforward. And um, yeah, that was it, really. I mean, mm. it would be charging them for ongoing jobs because I had completed them before. And, and in some ways, not much has changed, really, because even with this kind of agile, they're just buying as you go. So there would, it's, we end up in the same position anyway yeah. after the. But I mean, I guess in my case, uh, in some ways, I think it's I've moved to the agile because it's helped me deal with the other thing. Because my big issue with support is there is the support that the client knows that they need, and there's the support that they don't know they need. So um, all the things that change on the web that will impact them as owners of a website, the you know, legislation, GDPR, accessibility, changes in technology, how that's aging, improvements on code, SEO, new changes from Google on performance and things like that. All of that stuff is stuff that they wouldn't possibly know about. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I think this is why I've been a little keen to have this kind of agile philosophy going from the beginning is to get the idea from the, the off that we'll never finish you a product. It'll always be an ongoing thing because the web is dynamic and that way it leaves it open for me yeah. to say. Yeah. I've got to say I really do like that aspect because when things like so let's say for example i'd built i don't know 50 sites or something like that and they were all built in html and various cms's and so on and then you remember when responsiveness became a thing yeah. Yeah. i then had to essentially approach them through a crm um yeah. and sort of say did you know this was happening and and it felt like i needed to reach out and sort of say look you really do need to be mindful of this um, and it, it almost felt like I'd gone to them a bit with a begging bowl, you know, look, can, can we have a, can we get a meeting in the book so that I can explain why this is important and so on and so forth. Whereas your approach would just mean that that conversation was kind of ongoing because you're always in each other's messenger and in each other's email. Um, and I didn't really convert too well on those things. Most, most people just said, no, forget it. When we do the redesign in a few years time, then we'll take care of it. So that really never worked for me. Well, I think, you know, also I needed it for myself because have you experienced this where you've just, when a client comes back to you because they think they want something doing on their site, have you not, I, I still do this, this sort of internal groaning because in my mind, I feel like I've finished with that job yes. and it's done yes. and they've come back to me. And, and for some reason, I just 
don't feel I want to get back into it. Yeah, know, and also the, the fact that you've forgotten how you did things. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've yeah. no idea where that bit of CSS <laughs> did up or something like that. And you're just thinking, yeah, I know this is a spaghetti. Uh, I'm going to have to reintroduce myself. Yes, I feel that pain. I get that. Yeah, you just kind of want to go for the new shiny jobs. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And that's the problem as well. I think, you know, where I've realized, well, it might be just better to keep this sort of small ongoing relationship with a number of people that I can manage with the hope that that's going to keep running rather than, you know, done, you know, 200 sites or something. And then when they all come back randomly as stuff, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't feel disconnected because I think it's just in our nature, isn't it? To say when you finish a job and you say it's done in your mind and it yeah. almost feels like going back on yourself. Yeah in life yeah here's a bit of a moral dilemma then so given everything that we've said um do do you mention supporting documentation or do you just not say anything and hope that they don't ask for it because i'm guessing that if you said to any of your clients you know this is especially true in my case where we're just doing the traditional approach if you said to them would you like a manual explaining how your website works I think more or less all of them are going to say, uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that. Whereas if you don't mention it, then I wonder how many of them would come and say, look, can we have some supporting documentation, please? So you, I don't know. It's a bit of a quandary, that one. Yeah, well, I mean... Definitely the latter. I just leave it entirely right. out. But I, I was—you just reminded me of something. It's kind of related. That I was watching. I was—I was, think it was a video by the Norman Nielsen Group. You know, the accessibility yep. Uh, yep. UX people, yep. and they were just making this very point about when they're trying to find out about what users want, they did one set of research where it's asking them what's important. And basically everything was asked was important to them. Every, every, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. everything about a website was important. But when they did it a different way around, you realize that, you know, things like the visual design wasn't important to them. Actually, in, in the case they were dealing with, the security side was more important to them than the look of the site. Yeah, maybe maybe what we just need is a quick start guide, because that's if if I buy a product and I and I've got the full blown manual and I've got the quick start guide, I'm I'm more likely to look at the quick ten minute quick start guide with some pictures. So maybe maybe (laughs) that's where we should go. Just something really quick and generic. Here's how to log in. Here's how to update a post. There you go. Thank you. Bye. Um, (laughs) You know, think about the I don't know if you use ikea products but ikea really have got the the sort of quick start guide down to a t you know there's there's no words it's just here's some images there's like four pages now your furniture's built and it's very very quick it's kind of low key you have to apply a bit of thought and uh yeah yeah so there you go i've, I've opened up a new category do we need quick start guides uh, prob- <laughs> probably not probably not i i think uh, we're at the end, aren't we? Really? Yeah, That's it is. Cool. Like we said, it was going to be a short one. So the takeaway from that is don't create documentation unless they ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think yeah. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Uh, next time we'll be talking about, this is a big thing for me because I've encountered it a lot, which is dealing when there is, if you have an ongoing relationship, dealing with um, changes in staff and new management. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This has bitten me quite a few times. So there'll be lots to say there. Yeah. So, all right. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that 
always a pleasure chatting to my good friend David Wormsley. And it may be that you do things entirely differently. Perhaps you're outraged by what we talked about. Perhaps you are in agreement with us. Either way, if you've got any website support or documentation thoughts, please head over to wpbuilds.com and search for episode number 295. Leave us a comment there. We'd be most appreciative. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP Builds. And we thank GoDaddy Pro for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, we should be back to a full schedule of podcasty things over at WP Builds. Hopefully my holidays are now out of the way and we can resume our schedule of Monday, every Monday, 2pm UK time, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. We've got our This Week in WordPress show. Usually I'm joined on the screen by three WordPressy guests and you can give us some commentary and chat to us and it's quite a lot of fun. I repurpose that and put that out as a podcast episode on Tuesday but also we'll be having our regular Thursday podcast updates. That's what you're listening to now so hopefully we're all back on track. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Have a good week. Bye-bye for now.